Hey everybody, welcome to Leading from Afar, a podcast by remote leaders for remote leaders, aimed at sharing knowledge and experience to help make remote awesome within your companies. I'm Scott Markovitz. I was the first hire at Envision and helped build the foundations of the company for marketing, sales, product, operations, and pretty much everything in between. I've also mentored and consulted with hundreds of early stage startups, including a bunch of remote ones. And I'm Tevi Hirshhorn. I've built and led design and product teams remotely, and I'm a longtime remote work evangelist. Each episode, we'll speak about hot topics, trends, and the future of remote work. We'll also interview some super smart leaders at all levels of remote teams and introduce you to new tools that can help you succeed as a remote leader. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us today and tuning into today's episode of Leading from Afar. I'm Scott Markovitz with my sidekick, Tevi Hirshhorn. And uh, today we're happy to be joined by Tammy Golan, who is the Chief People Officer of Visibu. And Visibu is the event management platform and a company that's very dear to my heart. Um, I was a mentor uh, with the company in their early days and certainly excited by the growth and success they've had to date, uh, including a recent massive funding round. I think it was $138 million. I've also always appreciated um, all the things I've learned about and the efforts that you guys have put into the employee experience. Um, I've heard you know, fantastic things about you know, the culture at the company. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to learn a little bit more about how Bizbu has pivoted to remote hiring and onboarding, obviously during the, the pandemic, and specifically during a massive growth period and hiring period, of course, during the pandemic. So Tammy, do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I would be happy to. First of all, thank you so much for having me. It's great being here. Uh, a little bit about myself. So I um, grew up in Israel, came to the U.S. in 1992 uh, to travel, and here I am many, many years later. Um, I, uh, I went to undergraduate school and graduate school here in New York City uh, for organizational psychology, and I've spent my, the majority of my career um, in technology, in the startup world, uh, both as in-house and as an outside consultant. Uh, so I had the pleasure of working with many, many startup companies. Very, very exciting. I love it. I'm not a technologist, but I love this world. I love the craziness. I love the fast pace um, and everything that comes with it from uh, from a people perspective. Um, joined Bizabo in September of 2019, um, a little bit pre-pandemic. And it's been an incredible, incredible ride over the last year and, and four months. Awesome. Um Nice to meet you, Tammy. Thank you for joining. Uh, so I guess I'll jump right into some of the questions. So, I mean, HR is, is difficult enough. HR in a high growth startup is, is even more difficult. HR in, in high growth pandemic remote. How, how have you maintained the culture and onboarding during these crazy times? Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's a good question. And we've invested an enormous amount of time thinking about it. Um, obviously, when so culture and values that the company started eight and a half years ago has always been a very, very big and important piece of how this company was built and, and designed from, from the first early days. Um, so we have a very strong culture. We have a very strong set of values that we all feel extremely connected to. And we practice every day. This is not a slogan on the wall. This is truly, really who we are and how we operate and how we measure ourselves against with everything that we do. When the pandemic started, obviously, and we all kind of overnight uh, went to work remotely, uh, we immediately thought about the culture and tried to understand and to assess in all of our practices and everything that we do, what does that mean? What potentially needs to change? What do we need to do differently? Um, and it was very important for us to do whatever we can to protect that culture. 
Um, it became very evident, and, and it always is in times of crisis, that you know, the culture really is very much ingrained in your people. So there wasn't a lot that we had to do to design the culture. Uh, what we needed to do is to evaluate all of our processes and uh, communication and cadences and activities and you know, all of those things that we were doing anyway to try and assess them and move them into the virtual world and make sure that they're still meaningful and impactful and allow people to continue to practice all of those values and, and, um, and discuss them in an open fashion. And, and that's what we do and did and still do. Um, and continue to evaluate everything against that. So we, we are mainly protecting our culture and what we love about it and what we think is very powerful to ensure that it's not damaged in any way by, by the changing work conditions and world conditions really around us. Cool. Can, can you give an example like, uh, like how you would try to make sure not, not to have any culture change or what some of those values yeah, are? Yeah, so, uh, you know, going into, um, you know, as an example, uh, we are better together is one of our values that we feel very, very strongly about. We are really, truly people that like to collaborate and share ideas and debate and question and, and be curious uh, and learn. And uh, we, you know, looked at all of our um, regular cadences of communication, how we run team meetings, how we come together as a, as a one big company, how do we operate locally in the different locations and work with our management um, teams to make sure that we continue to allow that space for people to debate and communicate. And uh, we enhanced, as an example, the cadence of our sales organization. They meet every day instead of once a week, um, you know, to, to make sure everybody is on track and everybody knows exactly what's expected, but also have the opportunity to discuss and debate and solve problems. And our engineering group, you know, initially they had three meetings a day, you know, just checking during the day to make sure that everybody stays connected. So by design, we created those opportunities for people to have FaceTime, um, not exactly in person, but as much FaceTime as possible to continue to have that type of informal interaction that we had in the office just naturally happening every day. Yeah, I love it. Uh, the the opportunities to build that relationship with the team and the amount of time that you get to spend with the team is, is super important. Um, but I think before we jump into how things changed and how things pivoted you know, during COVID and when you've moved to remote, um, maybe you can give us a, a brief description of what your hiring and onboarding process looked pre-COVID and pre-remote uh, work. Sure. So a big emphasis for us from a hiring perspective has always been about the candidate experience. We always and still do believe that um, at the other side of the process, there's a human being and we first and foremost need to create a good experience for them to make them want to come to Visible. It's not trivial. It's a two-way street. It's not about us selecting the right person. It's also about them selecting Visible as a company that they want to spend you know, their career at. Um, so we've done, um, you know, we, we've had a, a very intense um, interview process in the sense that we invested an enormous amount of time in understanding and trying to learn the, pe the person in front of us. So everybody came to the office for, you know, several hours of a day to just get the visa vibe just by being at the office. Uh, we allowed people to meet their team, not just the interviewing team, but also the, ex the extended team to make sure that they know that this is a team they want to be part of. Uh, we have a, what we call a cultural interview where we train all of our managers on how to assess people's cultural ed, not just cultural fit, but cultural ed to make sure that they bring something to the table um, that is more and can make us better and different. Uh, we measure our candidates against our values 
as an example, when we do an assessment form, we measure them against their fit to those values. So we've done a lot of things, um, you know, in person, on site to make sure that we bring the right people in. And then, of course, also focus on their professional capabilities and their ability to grow and all of those important things. But they were always hand in hand, if not secondary to the human being. And is that a person we want to bring into the company? Yes or no. So that was pre-COVID. After COVID, when everything turned virtual overnight, uh, we had to replace that um, experience with something different. And we've done a lot of different things and we continue to, to tweak and change it based on a candidate survey that we do. Every candidate at Visible gets a survey and we have a pretty nice response rate and we keep getting uh, more and more ideas and thoughts about what works and doesn't work and continue to tweak it as we go. As an example, one of the things that we did is to replace that office visit, we created a virtual office visit and uh, recorded a video that we share with candidates to give them a sense of the office, how it looks like, the vibe, you know, what's important for us in the office and how we operate. We, um, you know, created a document um, to allow them to get to know their team. So it's, it's, it's tough to interview always. And it's harder sometimes to do it over Zoom. And it's even harder when you meet several people and you're one candidate on the other side. We recognize that. And we created a document um, for the candidate to get to know the team. So they get beyond the LinkedIn profile, a picture of myself, a little bit about me on the personal level, what I like and don't like, uh, dislike. And they can come to the interview prepared to talk to us as people. And they understand who's in front of them and you know it just makes it a lot more personable and a little bit less intimidating when you come into that um you know interview interview scenario and we incorporate all kinds of different other things we send uh before a final interview with an executive we send people a, a coffee gift card to make sure they're caffeinated just enough to come to the interview prepared and you know we keep changing all of those little you know moments in the in the interviewer journey to make sure that it's a, a meaningful one and, and rewarding and, and personable. Right. You, you guys hiring? It sounds pretty good to me. We are. We'll get to that uh, maybe at the end. Um, but it, it's you know, fantastic <laughs> to hear how you're able to try and mirror the, the hiring process as closely as you could with that personal experience. Um, now let's see if you can maybe talk about briefly about the actual onboarding. So once the person has been given the offer, they've accepted the offer, and now they're joined uh, on the team, what does that onboarding process look like now that uh, you're doing it remotely? Yeah, so onboarding um, really starts before people start um, on their first day, and we do give, you know, we, we create a lot of, again, personal moments between the manager and the, and the, and the new hire uh, pre-onboarding. So they get a, a, a from the team, you know, with a nice picture, welcome email, all of the things that they need to know, um, which is which is fun. We often try to facilitate um, a meeting or a virtual meeting right now, pre-onboarding, so when they come in first day, they feel very comfortable. So we do a lot of different things just ahead of time to make sure that the first day is a good one, uh, which is not always always trivial. Um, the onboarding plan itself, we have an incredible team. Um, who designed a very comprehensive um, onboarding program for each of the different roles within the company. It's usually two to three weeks um, and somebody coming on board at Visible, they really truly spend the first two, three weeks only onboarding. So they're not onboarding and doing the job, they're not onboarding and answering customer calls, they're onboarding. And uh, it's a combination of in-person or over Zoom right now, personal, 
training sessions and some recorded sessions and some tests and some, some um, um, exercises that people have to go through in order to make sure that they learn deeply the company, the company, the company cultures, the processes, the technical skills that they need to know, the systems. And when they're finished formally with the onboarding, they're ready to come in and, and start to do the job. It's a very good um, onboarding process. We get amazing feedback from candidates going through it. We also looked at that in the virtual world and made all the adjustments that we needed to make sure that it's as engaging and as meaningful and not require people to sit for eight hours in front of a screen. Uh, so we took all of that into account. Um, another thing that we do that I think is very powerful is that we bring people on in classes. Um, so right now we onboard a group of people every about two weeks. Um, anywhere between five and 10 people. January, we have a very big class forming, but uh, we like to bring them in groups and we want, and we try to facilitate a group, um, you know, support group, if you will, for all of those new people coming on board and they create some very deep relationships with that onboarding class of whatever day they came on with something that lasts with them for, for a long time. And the, the groups are very diverse. So we bring people from all different departments within the company. So it's not a group of BDRs, it's BDRs and engineers and someone from finance and someone from HR and someone from sales. And we try to combine um, and create a very diverse team of people coming together, going through this onboarding journey together, uh, which the feedback we get on that is, is also very, um, very good, very uh, Could you maybe share you know, one or two specific, I would call it quotes um, that, uh, people have given you about the, especially now the remote onboarding process? Yeah, you know, we have a surveys, we're very big on surveys and we really like to take into consideration our employee voice and we do different touch points at different times and we've enhanced that during COVID as well to make sure that we stay being remote, that we stay very connected and we don't assume we know what's going on. We actually get the feedback and know what's going on. So um, in the last survey that we had in, um, I want to say September or October, um, 90, 6% of the participants said that they had a very good, a very favorable um, onboarding experience, which is, which is phenomenal. Today, I, I spoke with one of our, we have a new office in Kiev that is coming together very nicely now, which is exciting. Um, I spoke to one of the uh, team leads that we hired there and he told me that this is, the, this is his day four in the company. And he said that this is one of the best onboarding experiences he's ever had in his life. Fantastic. So. Uh, we do get a lot of very positive feedback. People really appreciate that we invest the time in them and allow them the space to, to learn and understand and feel comfortable before we throw them into the, you know, the deep end of the pool and ask them to swim. And um, a lot of quotes like that, that this is the most meaningful, that this is the best experience people had. It's very, very rewarding to see. I love that that focus on on people and, and culture and onboarding, like really giving thought into the, the person who's joining the company um, from their first, you know, touch point with an interview and, you know, onboarding. That that doesn't usually just happen, though. Where, where does that um, value as, as a company come from? That, does that have strong, does that come from the leaders or is that something that, that people brought in on the people's uh, It's yeah, As I said, it's something that was part of Visible since the beginning. Our three incredible founders, when they founded Visible, um, which is very unusual, um, already thought about the company and the type of company they want to create, other than the technology and the solution, but actually what type of company they want to be part of, what kind of values are important to them. So that was very well defined and, and designed from the beginning. And there was a 
process in the company to define them better and communicate them and all of that incredible stuff. All of that came from the people. It's not the people team. It's the actual employees who led that process and defined uh, very, very thoroughly all of those values and what they mean and, and you know, and, and created some programs on how to implement them. So that's a big part of who we are just as a, as a company. But, um, you know, that means absolutely nothing if you don't practice it uh, day to day. And, um, as an example, Iran, our CEO, who's a very, very busy man, um, still to this day, and will probably continue to do it, he's, he's investing four hours of his, his time with each onboarded class, um, or each group of onboarded classes, I should say, to do a culture value mission vision session that wow. he's leading, which walks people through the entire history of how those values were created, why they're important, what do they mean, how do we measure people against them, facilitates an incredible conversation, and I've participated in many since I joined, and this is by far my favorite session to hear people who come from different companies and different backgrounds and different experiences relate to what Iran is sharing, and um, you know, it's just an incredible, incredible experience and very unusual for a CEO to invest that time. Um, and I know it's very rewarding for Iran as well. I know he loves that session, but it shows how incredibly important, you know, the culture of Visible and those values are to, to us all the way from, from Iran. And at the end of that session, he usually ends by telling our new hires, I'm handing you off the keys to the culture because it's not about me designing it. It's not the people's team responsible to design it. It's yep. all of us combined that create that culture. And it's so, so true. And, um, very long answer to say the people in Visible really truly represent those values and, and feel very strongly about our culture. Awesome. You said at the end, which uh, resonates with me, is when the company starts, it's the executive team that defines the culture. But from there, it's really the team and the people that join that really help you know, redefine it and, and make the, the culture better. So it's, it's wonderful to hear that really that's you know, part of the ethos uh, of the company. Um, a question that I had, I think you may have hinted to it. Um, but as you're obviously hiring remotely now, are you looking at going to hire specific hubs in, in different cities or different countries, or are you looking to hire totally remotely uh, wherever the best talent may be in the world, you'll take them there? Yeah, so as a general statement, we will hire the best talent wherever they are, um, especially in COVID, especially now, but it's always been the case. We want to make sure we feel we owe it to our customers to bring the absolute best talent to create the best solutions give the best level of service and and all of that amazing stuff we owe it to ourselves to work with the best people so we feel very strongly about hiring absolutely the best that being said we do have three main offices we have an office in new york we have an office in israel in tel aviv and now we have an office in kiev in the ukraine as well um, and we try to get people um, into those or close to those offices as much as we can we are not a company that will go fully remote. We love people. We love being together. We love collaborating. We love the office vibe and environment. And we can't wait for the day where we can just be in the same space. It would be, you know, such a huge relief when we can when we can do that again. So we, we are in person or, in, or people people. Um, and we love to have people or at least give them the opportunity to be together. But we do hire remote people spread all over the US and now starting to spread all over the world as well. And we absolutely will continue to hire the best talent. Cool. So what, what tools do you use to onboard people remotely? And since you're saying you, you hope to someday go back to the office and, and vaccines are arriving soon, maybe we hope, um, will any of that change? Do you see that 
that maybe shifting back to, you know, maybe leaving these tools behind? Um, probably not. Um, our, my, at least my prediction, and I can't know for sure, but that we will continue to live in some form of a hybrid world. Um, I don't think the world of work will go back to exactly the same way that it was pre-COVID. I think it's a good thing. Um, I think we were, or a lot of different companies were very, very heavily focused on having people in one space um, for no apparent reason, to be perfectly honest, from an HR perspective. Um, so I'm not that I'm glad about anything related to COVID, but I think it brought up a lot of great opportunities that we need to continue to leverage for years to come. Um, so my prediction or what I think is that we will continue to live in a hybrid world. We will have people remote. We will have people traveling. We will have people that have more flexibility in life, just in general. Um, and we will need to create programs and processes that can accommodate that. So my expectation is it would be a combination of what we do now, fully virtual, what we did previously, and we will need to create a whole new experience, just like in events. Um, that's called hybrid and is as engaging for an employee in um, Texas um, as it is to employee to an employee who sits in the New York office. Um, so my very long answer, but I think hybrid is the future. What it looks like exactly, I don't know yet, um, but we're thinking about it proactively and try to take some elements from the previous world to you know the current world and create something that would be meaningful for, for people moving forward. Interesting. I think we could probably have yes. a, a another podcast episode, some other other point uh, about our, or at least my belief in the hybrid model. But again, that's not for, uh, for today's show. Um, the one other thing that I had thought in mind, it's you know we obviously discussed what it is to uh, hire and onboard before COVID, during COVID, uh, but now if you can maybe just spice it up a little bit with that sense of now during hyper growth again with raising hundred plus million dollars going on a, a big spike of hiring. Um, how does that add into that, that experience of, you know, you're not hiring and onboarding one person a month, the one person or during the whole COVID, you're obviously hiring a lot of people very quickly. You know, what is that a little bit nuanced difference? Um, if you could speak more about that. Um, I'm not, so we, we've changed, so, you know, maybe take a step back and talk about the journey we went through in COVID. So for, in our business, in the events world, we woke up one day, literally, and all of the events were you know, canceled, delayed. Um, it was a very, very meaningful and significant moment for us. We took some very difficult but very necessary steps to make sure that without knowing how, what the future holds and how long this pandemic will last and, and really not knowing anything in the March, April timeframe, I'm sure we can all relate. We took some steps and we've, um, you know, we had to reduce some of our headcount to make sure that we're set up for, for success. Um, few years or a few months, sorry, forward, uh, we brought most of those people back, at least all of the ones that wanted to come back and we've been growing like crazy since. So we've been, um, other than a moment in time there when we stopped hiring and had to take those very difficult um, you know, steps, we've been hiring since April or May um, at a pretty, pretty significant pace. Um, we probably onboarded about 80 people in the last few months. So we've been, as, as we went and, and increased the volume of people that came on board, we continued to tweak our program. So now that we're in a hyper growth mode and we're expecting to onboard 20, 30 people um, you know, in a month, we don't think there's a huge amount of change that's necessary. Uh, we just think we need to, con to continue to stay very, very close to 
all of these experiences that are happening every two weeks now and continue to learn from them and, and tweak moving forward. We're adding more people. We need more people and more working hands just to support all of the people coming on board. But in terms of the programs and the tools, right now we feel like in a, we're in a, pretty, in a pretty good place with the programs that we already developed. Nice. So, so since we've started some new um, methods for, you know, to accommodate remote and even been in such hyper growth, what are some of the pros and cons of the, of the remote onboarding process? And um, I guess, I guess not just the pros and cons of like remote, but also maybe pros and cons of the way it was before and, you know, before COVID, before remote. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think the, the, the big one in my mind is that at the end of the day, there's no replacement for in-person, right? There's no replacement to sit with someone in a room, have a cup of coffee, walk around the office, chat, see pictures of their kids, whatever it is, there's no replacement for that, regardless of how you design a virtual virtual experience. So the downside to, to this situation is that you're just missing the basic human interactions that are so meaningful in life, not just in work, but in life. Um, I do think that there's a lot of efficiencies that um, came out of this virtual world. It's a lot easier to schedule interviews when it's virtual. It's a lot easier to take for candidates to take 50 minutes an hour for an interview when they're already at home sitting in front of their machine versus taking a day off from work and trying to accommodate or take the interview from the car because they feel uncomfortable taking it from the office. So logistically, definitely uh, better. Um, there, there are some opportunities, there's some tools out there and thank goodness for technology because I always go back and I say, you know, if this happened pre-video conferencing, I, I don't know what we would have done. That would have been yeah. a much bigger challenge, right? Um, so there's a lot of different tools and a lot of different ways to leverage even Zoom and all of the tools that come with it to do brainstorming sessions and allow people to present and ask questions and engage with them. So. All of those, all of those technical tools are very, very efficient, and sometimes more efficient than coming into the office, you know, closing a conference room. Um, so, advantages and disadvantages, like everything else. Uh, but for me, the human aspect and the fact that we can't physically meet with someone, shake their hand, see how they interact, you know, is is something that still um, is missing. It's still missing. There's no replacement for that yet. I agree with that. Tevin, any more questions? Um, no, I think I think that's it. I mean, it's really interesting to hear that. Um, I, I, a lot of people have has said have said before pandemic that they hate remote. They want the in person, um, you know, meetings. But it's interesting to hear that there are these efficiencies. And and you're so right, Tammy. That to take a day off of work as a, as a candidate is really hard. Um, to, to drive out somewhere far away for a role that, that maybe in the first five minutes you realize this is not the right fit. Like that's, it's very demoralizing to be spending your whole day. So it's, it's true on both sides of that as well. Like from the, from the people perspective, if you're interviewing candidates all day, it's, it's probably really hard to like be sitting in a conference room and just, you know, people are coming in and out and you just have to sit and smile as opposed to in your own home, you could just take a five minute, you know, between each interview and just, you know, get up for a second. So it's interesting to hear that efficiency on both sides, even if you, even if you prefer that in-person reality. Yeah, I think I have one more question, Tammy, for you. Um, for those companies who are now, again, thankfully, we're getting close to the end of COVID. For, for those companies who are now starting to hire or looking to hire remotely as we move out of COVID, uh, do you have any last tips and best uh, practices that you can share uh, with the audience uh, for doing remote hiring and onboarding? 
Um, you know, maybe two things. One, virtual is not the same as in person. So don't try to create or to imitate the same, same experience, same process, one-to-one virtually. Use the tools, leverage, you know, what you have available and create a new virtual experience that's aligned with your values and, and what's important to you in, in the process. Um, and, and the most important thing I would maybe live with is, especially now, especially in a pandemic, you know, people are going through a lot. You know, people are struggling, you know, physically and emotionally and mentally and financially. And, you know, every aspect in people's lives has changed in some way or another. Um, and there is a human at the end of it. And um, I think it's really, really important um, to remember that. And it's not always the case. And it always makes me very sad when I hear a candidate that had a shitty experience, excuse my French, when um, they were investing a, a significant amount of time preparing for an interview. And then, you know, somebody not showing up or showing up and not being interested or not getting back to them after an interview. And, and I, I find this, you know, just inhumane especially always but especially now so i would just encourage everyone to keep that in mind and create experiences and know that the other side is a person there's a human being and we need to be very very respectful of that every time i I hear something about the culture of bisboo it impresses me you know even even more so it's you know fantastic to hear all the things that you've spoken about before Um, for our listeners out there um, maybe tell us uh, what kind of jobs uh, you're currently hiring for all of them, everything you can in a SaaS technology company. Uh, we have a lot of roles globally in Israel and in uh, Kiev and in the US as well. Um, really across the company, customer success, sales engineers, solution architects, salespeople, um, engineers, all of them, front, back, DevOps, uh, anything you can imagine. HR, uh, definitely some roles on my team as well. So we really are hiring a marketing team across the company in all, all roles. And in general, we are looking for the best, most passionate people on the planet that love what we do and care about events and about human interaction and uh, want to join a really, really cool, fun Fantastic. Well, we'll be sure to add the link for the job site uh, in the show notes. So people who are interested can take a look at the jobs that you're you're hiring for and, and reach out. And Tammy, thank you so much for again for joining us today and sharing some fantastic wisdom uh, and more insights about the culture and the onboarding and the hiring at Bizaboo. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning into today's episode of Leading from Afar. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can learn more on our website, leadingfromafar.com and subscribe to the podcast in your favorite app. This podcast is all about you, the remote leaders. We'd love to hear from you with your feedback or ideas for future topics and remote leaders we should be speaking with.